Morning, everybody. Good to see you. Welcome to church. Thank you, team, for leading us so well today. Um, you know, this is the last message in James, right? Number 11. It's gone for quite some time, but it's kind of sad to see it end. Is, do you agree? That's good. Yeah, thanks for the yips. Because um, it's been like I've, it's just been a great journey. Like I've really, as I've been preaching it myself, I hope you've been receiving it as well. It's really been shaping and forming me, and that's what the word should do. And and that's why we stand here each week. That's why we preach it, and uh, and that's why I encourage you to read it as well. So there's more in James than I have told you, by the way. Eleven weeks has been good, but you, God will give you more out of this book if you take the time. So read it yourself. If you pray beforehand, say, Lord, you know, speak to me through your word today and read that book, write some notes, put some observations. What's the application for me? God will reveal more than what I've said, I promise you. But this, there's this theme that James has that kind of permeates his whole letter. You know, we break it up into five chapters. He didn't put chapters around it, but it makes it a bit easier for us. It's this theme that... Our belief and faith in God, it's, it's more than what we just, it's more than stated uh, belief. You know, it's more than just proclaiming, I'm a follower of Jesus. James says the people should be able to see it in us. You know, there's actions, there's deeds. The people around us, the people who are closest to us, should be able to know that I am a follower of, of Christ. And so there's this question that I've been asking every week and said, so it's the last time I'm going to ask, well, for now. But here we go. It says, do the people around me know that I love Jesus? And again, not because I say that I'm a follower or I'm a Christian. It's because of how they receive me. Because if I'm a follower of Jesus, my life reflects him. It changes. It's transformed more and more. You know, how generous we are. How quickly we forgive. You know, we don't hold grudges against people. We tend not to be easily offended. The way we talk about others, by the way, I'm going through the list of sermons now, just some of them, right? The way we talk, the things we say, the, the, what, what comes out of our mouth, not just proclaiming as followers of Jesus, but how we speak about others is a big one, particularly behind their back. You know, my, my lack of anger, I'm not easily angered. My commitment to being a peacemaker, how, how I encourage people and lift others up, and how I embrace people who are different to me. You remember that message on bias and, and, you know, Christians don't discriminate. You know, we love all people, even those we disagree with, which can be hard, I I know. How we we practice patience and self-control, the the kind of character and integrity we have, um, my obvious love for God. This is from last week. was about my submission to his plan for me within his great big picture, the part that I have, the bit that I have to play in his plans. You know, these are the things I'm talking about, the, the obvious signs that, that I am a follower of Jesus, you know, that I do love him. So here we are this week. We're at the end of uh, the last chapter, chapter 5. And uh, I invite you to, to read along with me. Again, we've been reading some big chunks each Sunday Hard to keep messages a little bit shorter as we've had to lately with these big chunks, but God will speak to you. So here we go. James 5, starting in verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? 
Uh, I'm just going to assume that nearly everybody in this room will say yes to varying degrees. Well, you should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Thank you, Esther, for leading us this morning. You know, that is a song of faith. Have you ever seen God move? I have, and I believe he'll continue to do that. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing with you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other. It's a hard one. Pray for each other so you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Isn't this a great passage? Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the skies sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. My dear brothers and sisters, this is the last time James says this to us. You know, even though he's kind of been firm throughout this book, he loved us the whole way through. He kept calling us brothers and sisters. If someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. And that is where he ends. Like I wonder if they dropped a little bit off the end, but let's just assume they didn't, and this is where he ends. His concern was people who had wandered from the Lord. And today's message is called Powerful and Effective. I know the font up there was a bit hard to make out. Um, it's been pretty good most weeks, Jared, but uh, that one it was a bit hard to interpret, right? Effective. An E and two Fs, that's what it actually said. In, in the NLT you just, you just read, it says that the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and have wonderful results. The NIV says effective. It pretty much means the same thing. It's a great way to finish a letter. You know, to the church on, on what, what real faith looks like. After all the warnings and encouragement for Christians to have faith that's revealed in our actions, he says right at the finish line, well, here's the action I really want you to know. You better be praying. That's real faith right there. And that's my first point. Real faith has prayer right at the center. And it can, you know, church, prayer can be powerful and effective. Okay, Now, we lose sight of that sometimes because sometimes we pray and we feel like nothing happens. Well, today we're going to look at what James says about that. The church, if you're not praying, you know, if the church isn't praying, as we follow this thread about faith being more than words, I put it to you that James would say faith without prayer is a problem. You know, he would say, not me, him, James, I don't want you to blame me for this, he would say if this is missing Perhaps your faith is more on the, his words, dead side and not so much on the, on the, the living side of faith. Okay, is everyone all right? It's no accident that James finishes a letter to call Christians to live out their faith in every single way with the call to prayer, to put prayer at the center of everything we do. When we read this passage, there's also, you may have noticed, a lot of reasons to pray. I wonder if you noticed. It seems obvious to me that point two, God wants 
He actually wants us to be praying to him. You know, the king really does like us in his throne room praying to him. It seems we don't annoy him. He actually likes our company. That's a good thing to keep in mind. You know, Jesus left us with a great example of a prayer. He taught us the Lord's Prayer. He invited his disciples to prayer retreats with him. The Bible says he was often at prayer with the Father. We know the disciples had a discipline of praying several times a day together. They would have prayed by themselves, but they would get together and pray several times a day. It was in their culture. You know, is there part of their DNA? Remember when we, we preached on fasting late last year, we talked about the fact that the Bible's not very clear in some ways about exactly why and how we should fast. It's because it was there, it was in their culture. They didn't even need the extra teaching on it. It's the same with prayer. They prayed all the time. When you look at the book of Acts, which is essentially the story of the early church being launched into the world, you can't help miss the fact that those guys and girls, they prayed all the time about everything. And, you know, you want to talk about powerful and effective? Gee, I mean, they would pray and prison doors would open. And they would pray and people would, that were blind could see. And, and, and healings would happen everywhere. And, and yet at the same time, they were persecuted and suffered many hardships more than we would probably even ever imagine. It was powerful and effective. We sometimes get frustrated with our lack of fruit in the church, and I just think that, you know, the, the answer to that is missing prayer. Paul was a man of prayer as well. Here's what he said to the Ephesians in uh, chapter 6, 18. He said, pray in the Spirit occasionally when you feel like it. No, he didn't. At all times... On every occasion. Yeah, every occasion. Then he says, stay alert, be persistent in your, chair, in your prayers, especially for the believers everywhere. And as a church, I remember, you know, we, we've always been a praying church, but four years ago, I remember coming to you as a congregation, for those of you who were here, and the elders as well, we said, we're going to be a praying church. It's a commitment that I want us to make together. But I'm also aware, being that I'm a human too, that these things, commitments and visions, sometimes they do leak a little bit out of us, don't they? You know, what, what we start off with good intentions and we do really well, inevitably, life gets in the way or whatever happens, things tend to slow down and leak a little bit. And so today's message is a call for us to remember that commitment and to push again for me as well and say, church, we're going to be a praying church, Okay. Fantastic. Praise God. Point three, God wants you to pray for everything. I've already said this, and this is where I want us to focus today. It's these areas of prayer that James encourages us in. So the first one, I'm going to make our way through this passage again. The first one, he said, we should pray for those in hardships. It was back in verse 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? His answer, first thing we do, you should pray. Three words, nice and simple for us. You don't need a theological degree. Everybody can do this. You know, we've noticed as, as we've read through this book that, that James, he actually has a bit of a doctrine of suffering. We met, I don't know if you remember, it was way back in chapter one. We were kind of all online at that stage. 
you would have had your pajamas on probably and your, and, and your slippers so maybe you weren't too focused but there was, James talked about suffering you know he, he actually does have quite a deep doctrine on this he's he mentions that, you know, there's this tension, isn't there, really? Because we just read about how we pray for healing and deliverance from suffering. And at the same time, he talks about how we go through suffering or how God goes through suffering with us. It's those times that things aren't right and, and, and it's hard. We walk through suffering in prayer. Because sometimes the victory is different to what we think it's going to be. That's what we've learned. Sometimes we may never know the reason for God's decision to not answer the way we wish he or we would like him to, to answer. But we always know that he is there with us and he understands more than us. And I just want to implore you this morning, you know, never let suffering push you away from God. Because it, it can be tempting. You know, Paul had his thorn in the flesh. What did he do? It, you know, it drew him closer to God. And in a sense, that he says, it kept him humble. You know, it brought a maturity that he needed. There's, there was something deeper going on there. And as Christians, we pray through hardship. You know, this is the beauty of the church. We are here together, upholding each other, supporting each other, reminding each other about God's goodness and praying for each other. I guess that's the key point I wanted to make on that. The second one, right next to the hardship one, Paul says, well, hey, if you're happy, you should pray. In fact, he says, sing praises. And that's what we tend to do, don't we? We break out in praise. Maybe when we're not even happy, because we know of God's goodness and faithfulness. It's easy to get on our knees when we need something from God, when there's a difficulty, but for a follower of Jesus, we pray in every circumstance in our way of, it's our way of life. You know, if you're in a good season, awesome. Celebrate it. Worship God. Give him thanks. Sing songs of praise. That's what James says we should do. The next one he, he talks about is those who are sick. This is in verse 14. He says, are any of you sick? His, his suggestion, it's biblical, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. In some translations it says lay hands, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. And such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. That's a wonderful promise. You know, We tend to turn to this passage often because it gives us guidance of prayer for healing. And by the way, healing is not just about the physical. It's for the emotional as well, and it's for the spiritual as well. You know, we tend to head to the, to the altar or to the elders when we have a physical need, and that's good. But there's a lot of emotional healing that, that nearly everybody needs in some capacity. We shouldn't forget that because God wants to heal us of those, those things as well. You know, the elders are basically the spiritual leaders in the church. I think, I think God, uh, James suggests them because they're the ones that, um, you know, they should be tuned into God. They, they hear what he says. You know, we also have a prayer team here, and I'd say the same thing about them. In a sense, they're, they're like elders when it comes time to pray. You know, they're tuning into God. Laying hands or praying over someone, you know, it's a really biblical thing. It's not some kind of um, magic thing, right? 
It's, it's an act of faith. It, it represents, in my mind, it represents, in Acts, I think it's chapter 2, they, they call on God to stretch out his healing hand. You know that passage? And in a sense, we're representing God when we do that. It's an act of faith. We, we lay hands on people. Anointing oil is, is also, it's an outward sign. It's like a sign of our inward sincerity. We're setting aside someone for God's special touch. And so we anoint people with oil. We pray in Jesus' name. I'm listing all the things that James said, by the way. We pray in Jesus' name because he says there's power in his name. Sometimes that power is over sickness and sometimes it's over um, even demonic powers. Sometimes we have to pray for people to be free of, of oppression from darkness. The fourth thing is, and I love this one, he says pray for those who have wandered from God. Actually, he doesn't say pray for them. He says to lead them back, but it's, it's right there in the prayer bit. So I'm, I'm saying praying is part of this, okay? Let me read it again. Verse 19, my dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, so we, we try to bring people back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. You know, like I said, this is the last two verses of James and Yes, he doesn't specifically mention prayer in those two verses, but it's right there in the, in the section on prayer. And so I'm just saying, it. pray persistently for those who have wandered from God. Pray persistently. Just We should do that. Apply it. You know, If you've got a, a brother or a sister or, or your, your kids or one of your kids or a friend or whatever it is, you know they know God. There's probably a faith in there somewhere, perhaps covered up by something. Pray for them that their faith will break through, that Jesus will break through and bring them back. That's what James says. These are just some of the things he's saying. The church should be praying for these. And there's some of the ways we should do it. And it should be common. It's what we do. You know, that, that's his point. God wants us to pray for everything. So you might say, well, okay, how? Well, beyond those practical things I've just mentioned, I just want to run through some other things I picked up reading this passage in James. It's important for us. The first thing is, before you ask God for something, get right with him and get right with others first. And confession and forgiveness is is the pathway for that. Because here's what verse 16 said. This wasn't me. This is the Bible. It's James. He said, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And then in 15, he says, and if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. You will be. No questions on that one. James suggests to confess our sins to each other and seek forgiveness so that we might be healed. It's, it's there in front of us, isn't it? It seems that James is saying that sin may be a blockage to answered prayer. Conversely, a righteous person's prayer has good results, wonderful results, the NLT says. Now, 
I don't think that means that God doesn't hear prayers from someone with, you know, living with sin in their heart or whatever it is. You know, and I think he can't. Yes, he does even heal. He'll heal anyone. He'll heal, he'll heal sinners. There's no, no question about that. But I think what he's saying is that more than anything, more than our physical healing, he wants us to be healed spiritually. He wants us to be right with him first Above all else, our standing with God is the most important thing that we need to be concerned about. You know, we want answers to prayer. God says, I, do, I want to answer your prayer, but would you get right with me? That's the most important thing. You know, I also think part of praying for healing or for any breakthrough really is being able to clearly hear God on how to pray. Just follow me on this. Because I suggest to you today, based on this scripture, that sin interferes with our tuning into the Lord. I think this is the problem with sin. It stands as a roadblock to hearing clearly. You know, sin dulls our sensitivity to God's voice. If you want your prayers to be powerful and effective, may I suggest that you deal first with that thing. Maybe that secret sin in your life. Maybe, it's, it, maybe it is to... That, that hard heart towards other people that James talked about in other chapters. May, may I suggest we, we might have a problem with being judgmental or angry or any of the things we've talked about for 11 weeks. I'm going to kind of classify them a little bit in that sin category. So confess. <laughs> you know, James says actually confess to each other. That's a bit we want to skip over, isn't it? Can I just confess to God? Well, he says confess to each other. I wonder why. I think there's something powerful in it, actually. And we confess to another person. It has to be someone you trust, by the way. (laughs) But it's biblical and it's healthy to confess to someone when done appropriately and to the right person, as I said, with repentance... And let there be nothing that would damage your relationship with God and that tuning into him. Your prayers, this scripture says, a righteous person, you know, someone who's right with God, are powerful and have wonderful results. The next thing he says is, well, you should also pray earnestly. Again in verse 16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person as powerful and wonderful results. So, have you ever wondered what earnest prayer even means? I think it means we pray with conviction. You know, earnest prayer, actually, it has, there's an intensity in it. We, we are praying to God, the creator of the universe. Imagine, for a second, if you needed something from the premier of our state, and she gave you an appointment, How would you approach her and that appointment? Whether you vote for her or not, don't worry about that bit. I'm just saying, imagine you had an appointment with Anastasia Palaszczuk. How would that look? A, I reckon we'd be on time. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) B, we would probably... Our body language would be something that indicated to her that this meant something to us. This was important to us. And I imagine that 
she would have our full attention. You know, I don't think we would walk in there unkept, a little bored, um, rattle off a few hopeful requests and walk out of there forgetting everything that had just happened. You know, I think we would ask with conviction, what if it was that important to us that we believed that she had the power to make a difference in what we were asking her? How would we ask? Do you understand what I'm saying? I think this is the earnest prayer that James is talking about because earnest prayer, coupled with righteousness, is powerful and effective. The third thing he says is, you better pray with faith. In fact, he says faith like Elijah, which straight away makes us think, well, it's too much. I don't have that kind of faith. Well, here's what James says about that. Elijah was as human as we are. That's good to know. And yet he prayed earnestly for no rain, and then he prayed for rain, and all those things happened, right? You can have the same faith and therefore the same power in prayer as Elijah, for goodness sake. I mean, I know you're all sitting there thinking, well, sounds good. But it is in the Bible. We believe the Bible to be true, right? I love that answer. That was so good. More of that, okay. (laughs) We believe the Bible to be true. James says, Elijah's just human like you. Like you guys. You're like Elijah. We're We're just human. Living in faith. And so therefore we can have that kind of faith when we pray. We believe all things are possible for our God. And so we pray in faith. Even when God doesn't answer immediately, we pray persistently. That's what Paul said to the Ephesians. Faithful people, they keep praying and they pray persistently. I don't know if you remember the sermon on Hannah a couple of years back for those of you who were here. She prayed with faith persistently, one day God kind of switched. She was tuned in, right? Righteous person. Switched her prayer slightly and her prayer was answered. Powerful and effective. Church, I don't know about you, but I want to be part of a church that prays with power and has wonderful results. So if this church at its core is a praying church, it's persistent, it's faith-filled, it's earnest, it's without sin. The Bible says, well, can I even use the word guarantees? Our prayers will be powerful and effective. So let's start today. Let's start today. We're going to pray this morning, okay? Now, before you all start getting all anxious, it's okay. I just want to say, relax. (laughs) We're going to pray. In fact, why don't we stand together and I'll explain it. The team can come. There was five reasons for you to pray today that I'm going to give you straight out of this passage. And everyone here should pick one or more of these five. All right? The first one is if you're feeling blessed and joyful, please sing praises with the team. They're going to start singing in a minute. Now, I know that, I don't want to say that's the easy one, but I just want to encourage you to keep listening and be challenged, okay? If you're suffering hardships... Please come and be prayed for by the prayer team this morning. In fact, if you're here as a prayer team person, can I ask you to come now and stand here on my left, your right? Who have we got here this morning? I'm seeing movement. Excellent. (laughs) There's always that moment of, are they here? And yes, they are. These guys are going to stand here. If If you have a hardship during this song, 
you come and get prayed for by these guys. You've got to keep social distancing, okay? Not allowed to lay hands this morning, guys, but you can stretch your hand out, all right? If you're unwell or need prayer for healing, physically, emotionally, spiritually, uh, the elders that are here, can you come now? I want you to stand on this side here. On my right, there's, they've split up amongst the two services, so there's a couple in each one. We're going to pray for you earnestly, you know, and pray over you and anoint you with oil even. Again, we won't, we've got to do it with social distancing. We, we'll do that. If today you're struggling with sin and you need to confess it, okay, hear me on this. You either find someone you trust sometime today or this week or at the end of this service, I will remain here and you may come to me and confess to me and we will take that to God together and and you will be forgiven today and made right with God. Lastly, if you have a family member or friend who has wandered from God, bring that name to one of these prayer team members as well. And they will pray earnestly with you. The prayer of a righteous person, the earnest prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. James seems to have a heart for those who have wandered. So do we today. There's five reasons to pray. If there are, all of the stations are full, just remain in your seat until there's a space because we can't have congestion. We've got to keep doing the right thing, okay? Just keep that in mind. Keep the social distancing happening. But you know what? God will bridge the gap. <laughs> He'll bridge the social distance gap. I promise you, He's bigger than 1.5 meters. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. Right, we're going to do this. We're going to sing as well. I've asked the team just to keep the levels down a little bit so we can be praying. We're going to start singing. Thank you, Esther. You can lead them now. I want you guys to start coming. If you want prayer for something, you guys can turn around. I want you to start coming now and get some prayer this morning. We're going to believe in faith, okay? Let's sing together.